Welcome to Control C, the podcast where friends get together to discuss, enjoy, and tear movies apart. That's the intro. (laughs) (laughs) On this episode, we will be discussing The Wandering Earth, directed by friends. The Wandering Earth. The Wandering. Not The Wandering. The Wandering. The important goalie. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. That was starting early, apparently. Huh? Apparently so. Should I try that again? No. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. It was released February 2019. On today's panel, we have Chris. I always find it interesting, like, when we do stuff like this, how people get, like, flustered. But now I'm wondering, like, how confused are our listeners right now? Holy shit. I'm sorry. No, because I was looking at the budget and then the box office. Oh, yeah. Oh. No, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. I screen printed that shit. Yeah, I mean, the budget must have like, been crazy because they had to move the entire earth for this. Did she finish introducing? <laughs> <laughs> Did she finish introducing the cast, please? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's here, too. That was Billy. Ray's here. I wonder yeah. how big those MCC. have to be. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I didn't see him build any of it. It's crazy. I don't know. So... <laughs> oh, We're silly. Forget Does anyone else wear that? We almost climbed into Jupiter. It's, no, so, the Wandering Earth. This is a story based, loosely based on a novel, a short story by the author of Lou Chinwick, Chinnicks. Hey man. Something like that. You got it. Your your best bet is to Google the Wandering Earth <laughs> and read it for yourself. And read it for yourself because I am pretty damn sure I have butchered the name and I apologize in advance. Don't apologize. <laughs> oh. So this is basically. <laughs> we are sorry for that. Oh man. This is basically. This is we basically. We sound like a lot of people. The sun has finally died out. And Earth has trying to figure out how is the best way to save the universe and everything like that. Well, the, universe, the, universe, the universe, the Earth. So they come up with giant thrusters, and to move our Earth to a different universe, star system, system, a new star system, and it will take two thousand and five hundred years to get there. Which is just shocking to get perspective of it. And then on top of that, they build a ship that is supposed to, I guess, guide it or lead it or everything like that. And you find out later that, no, that is the contingency plan. That the first one was to try to move the Earth to the new star system. And hopefully we will have enough resources left on the planet that is being mined at the same time it is being moved yeah and, and, and for common, fuel we're using our own planet for fuel in common cheap chinese fa- fashion the uh thrusters break almost immediately that's my that, that was actually my thing like we are <laughs> it's been no secret we've talked about it on the podcast multiple fucking times my fridge is a piece of shit 
if my fridge is a piece of shit, how are those thrusters going to last? I know that sounded very hostile. It was. Very. It was super hostile. I'm still mad about my fridge not working, but we're supposed to be in the belief that these thrusters are going to last 2,700 something years. However, there we're already having problems in avoiding Jupiter, and it was supposed to be, like, wasn't it the last core? Yeah, no, this like, was the, um, 16 years. Yeah. This is 16 years into their travel. That's wonderful. They still have 2,700 and God knows how many. 600. And they already used their last core. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... That was the, pr- the problem I had with this film. Realistically. Like, just putting it out there. That was my problem. It's one... Trying to suspend my disbelief enough that a ma- machine, a man-made machine, will work under these conditions for that long. A planet that is being mined to be used as its own fuel source... And the fact that in the movie, you put the last cores, you use up the last cores to save the planet. How? I'm just like imagining like some other like intelligent civilization on their world. And it's like one day they just kind of look up into the sky and they just see our dumb ass just kind of like zooming by, it barely is, going. He's just move Earth. And they're like, <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> Did you realize they could build the ship? It's like. Oh, it's like they're going kind of close to us. Oh, they're, they're about to run right into us. <laughs> they're like, sorry. Idea that you could somehow build some sort of engine powerful enough to knock Earth off its axis. It lost me in the first like ten minutes of the movie. Like I couldn't, I couldn't suspend disbelief enough to get on board with this movie. You watch like Doctor Who though. I know, but I'm like. To yeah, me, that's stupid. That's yeah, not true. Like, like the worst stolen. Shut up, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> don't, well, I don't want to have. I don't want to. You believe Okay, you're saying it's like you you believe that it's not physically you possible. You believe in magic. Apparently not. No. To listen, to believe in Dr. magic, Who, yes. To me, is it's fantasy and science fiction, and I get and I know it, but they don't try and ground. The science fiction element in reality. That's not true. They say wibbly wobbly enough, and that's scientific. (laughs) How do you know so much about Doctor Who, Billy? He learned about it in the Timey Wimey. Is it Timey Wimey? I've literally only I've literally only watched the first episode. Um, the one with like the stretched skin and like the first episode. Which Doctor? Oh, the ninth Doctor. And I think that was the second episode. What? No, the first episode first. was the man. <laughs> you're right, you're right. So I've watched the first two episodes. Welcome to our Doctor Who podcast where Lindsay schools Billy. The mannequins are extremely disturbing. They were. It's oh, like, it's, yeah. It takes like a huge shift in what the show is with like the fucking walking like sentient mannequins to the stretch figure and the end of the universe. And you're like, what yeah, the like fuck is going on? But the thing about Doctor Who... Is it always the end of the universe? Almost. Okay. Um, is that it's so... It's so fantastical that I'm not trying to apply actual science to it. This movie, however, was like, yeah, man, science, we're mining the Earth, we've got thrusters, we're going to fly past Jupiter. And I'm, it just, I couldn't. And then there was the issue with the, the dubbing. Oh, the dubbing was wonderful. Where I desperately wanted to have them, I wanted to hear the Chinese and read the English. I have, ne- I have yes. not, in, in like 20 years, I have not felt. Like, I've oh, watched I, such I, a bad dub of a movie. Like, yeah, so this was stereotypical me. bad. Okay. Yeah, this was bad. Well, I, I watched... Because I, I was doing the dubbing, and I was also I reading... Nothing match. Uh, yeah. 
No, I, now there was a few other Netflix movies that I've or shows that I've watched that the dubbing is just as bad. Whoever whoever is doing the closed captioning and the dubbing are not matching up. And I think the one of the it's ones the localization the, teams that need yeah. to increase <clears throat> they need their to budget speak together. Yeah. Or they need to increase their budget. Oh okay, yeah. Can we please spend a little time on her? Because yes, she was nails on a chalkboard. Keep in mind, I didn't watch it dubbed. I watched it subtitled. Good. So it wasn't that bad. I'm glad to hear it because dubbed was the fucking worst. Yeah, she mm, was yeah. bad. And, like, the brother was not sympathetic either. It's like, don't forget, I'm a genius. Ha ha ha. And that's what it sounded like every time he spoke. You're not wrong. That is exactly what it sounded like. It was the, the it was one of those things that I would have actually liked to um, have this not redone or anything like that, but better voice acting. Yeah. Because all the voice acting in this thing was so dry. Yeah. It no was. Worries. They were reading the script. They weren't acting it or anything like that. It was bad. It's because he's a genius. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Another problem I had was that they didn't explain who the girl was until like almost the end of the movie. See, I always thought it was his sister, but I but I always thought it was a sister that was born before this whole thing started, not some adopted sister. But she, you guys didn't. That they, was explained never, really early on. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. It was explained halfway through. In yeah. the beginning, the reason I thought it was a sister was because. They at one point do a uh, flashback to the mom when she was dying, and there was a shot that made it look to me like she might have been pregnant, and that's why I made the connection. I, I think that might have been a I think that might have been a dub thing then because I remember them explaining that really early on. That then then that may be it actually, and they didn't then it wasn't it until the granddad died. It wasn't because I was watching both subtitle uh, and uh, and they didn't never they didn't explain it until later. Yeah, because the grandfather go is. You know, well, right before he dies, he's maybe like, they hinted it or something. Yeah, talking about how he brought found this girl pulled out of a river or some crazy shit like that, and brought her up as as his own grandchild. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I just I don't know. Overall, I really enjoyed the movie. That the sister, the voice for her just killed me. <laughs> Um, I keep fucking forgetting as far as this. It wasn't until towards the end of it that I finally was either able to get over it or she just finally grew some balls and just started talking. Because I thought it would be obnoxious and selfish. Yes. I know that the world is ending, but we just have to have hope. Now please come save me and my brother. I'm like, fuck you, dude. The whole world's fucking ending. (laughs) (laughs) You are two people. Versus five billion, and there's other things going on other than saving your your brother and your own dumbass. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't think it was five billion. I think it was far less than that. Most of the people died already. Well, you get it was like three billion. Okay. Yeah. Regardless of how many billions were on the planet, no, I want you to get it right, please. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about facts here, Lindsay. Facts we're not talking about okay. Doctor Who numbers. We're talking about facts in a world where the. Earth is being moved by several thousand thrusters. Yeah. However, none of the Earth is scorched, and the people that live right underneath it aren't affected by the heat of those thrusters. So. Or whatever new gravity is is happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Yeah. There goes that argument. <laughs> what happened to the moon? I do. I am curious though. I don't know. 
Lindsay, clearly you've already answered this question with your answer. Yes, she has. Yes, she has. She wouldn't save the world. She'd say, fuck everybody. I'm spending time with my family. That's fucked up, dude. In a scenario like that, the world is about to end. There's one Hail Mary shot that might do something. You're out there. You're stuck in between. I hate to use this example of the dog between two owners, but you're stuck in between going to spend time with your family and going to try the stupid, crazy idea that maybe perhaps might save your ass. What do you do? I go and try it. Okay, so Ray would try it. I mean, uh, see, okay, so I don't. Uh, no, too late. <laughs> no, no, you don't fucked out. up. A A round. Oh gosh, Ray, god damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you know what it takes for Lizzie to curse in the village? Like, Shut the fuck up, Ray. <laughs> no. So what I'm saying, what I'm saying with this girl is that. Who was Doctor Who in all of this? Get him a red ball so you can throw it him. I'm right here. I can just do it. Sure. Both do it. Um. So, conceptually speaking, take away the fact that I couldn't stand the the main characters. Conceptually speaking, for me, that would probably depend on where I am in my life and if I have any family left. Okay. So if I'm 80 years old and I have no remaining family or friends, everybody else is dead, I'd probably just be like, whatever, dude. Somebody else um, smarter or better than me can try and go figure that out. I'm just going to go over here and try and enjoy myself. But if I'm, like, my age now and I still have all of my family and friends, then, yeah, I'm going to probably go with the Me just family. All right. What about you, Billy? What was the question? See, I was listening to her answer, but I missed the question. So I'm kind of getting the gist of what you're talking about. You're out there. It's the end of the world. You're either going to spend time with your family or help a Hail Mary pass to try to possibly maybe save the world. What do you choose? Well, first of all, it's all in Chinese, so I wouldn't be much help. Um, <laughs> for that particular thruster, there are thrusters all over the oh, world. shit. Not all over, but half of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> Another thing that I had a problem with. Oh, we're going to change the rotation of the thrusters. So you're going to fly the thrusters to the opposite side of the world to slow down for 600 years? How are you, like, what's happening there? Are you tipping the earth upside down? What's happening? I don't know. But yeah, go on. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, I'm probably already dead in this scenario, so... That's not so Probably already yeah, I'm not one of I'm not one of the scientists or intellectuals that they chosen to keep alive. <laughs> it wasn't just scientists and intellectuals; random civilians were too. They yeah, were probably hilarious. like fertile, and I'm probably not that, nor father material. So, I mean, you know how it is. Fair enough. Okay, so you can say you're dead. They don't need a comedian on board, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Fair enough. Actually, they might. I'm going to space for 2,775 years. Granted, I'm not going to be alive the entire time. Let's get... Let's do this. Unless... See, unless if I could be 2,790-whatever-five-a lot of years old, then yeah, maybe. That'd be fucking dumb. I'm like, I can live forever and make people's lives miserable slash laugh? Then yeah. Cool. All right. Cece? What the fuck? I would take the chance. Family's gonna die anyways. It's either. Oh damn! I mean, try to see. I mean, you can just say. I mean, I'd try. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. I mean, it, it depends. It's like, you know. <laughs> My thought is, I'm gonna die anyways. Why not try? 
<laughs> yeah, that's kind of the same mentality I have. Hey, yeah, it's not worth it, you know. All good things must come to an end, you know. Might as well die attempting to be a hero. Like, it'd be funnier if you crashed your plane into another plane just to see what would happen. I mean, if I'm being realistic, I would want to go help out, but my back would probably be fucked up. And yeah, well, I mean, your back might be fine because CC will be dead, right? Jack. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You piece of shit. That's a pegging joke. I love how you had to explain it, too. Yeah. I'm just surprised you didn't say anything about your porn. So you say it. I know, right? But you say it. Well, that's also from the listeners. This is the type of treatment I get on this podcast. If anybody has room Mm. for me, please text me. Let me know. I need to leave. (laughs) Anyway. So moving on. Favorite part of the film? Um, When Dale came back to help out. The end. The movie was boring and long. That too. Okay. I'm just kidding. I liked the movie. I liked the concept. I did think it was too long. I agree with the the, the whole. I mean, with it, it, it was a bit. Yeah, it was a bit too long. It's like about. It's two hours like, and five minutes long. They could have easily cut it to an hour and a half and still had the same effect. Between yeah. like fifty to eighty percent of the movie, I was like, um. Is the, what, what's that fucking movie called? Uh, the day after tomorrow, mm-hmm. where everything is so icy. <laughs> but yeah, I know the the concept of the movie. I, I like um, I don't know this fantasy concept and theories and shit like that. Granted, moving the earth is dumb as shit. No, never what are we all doing? Life. <laughs> it's just, you know. Yeah. yeah, that shit would never happen in real life. Which part? People coming together. Oh, damn. Yeah. Well, no, well that it's one of them, but like having thrusters that move the earth. What that shit? All right. So I think theoretically it could be possible, but I don't think we we'd be able to pull it off. I don't think we have the technology to pull it no. off. We don't have the technology now. Maybe in a few thousand years, years, we might have the technology, or if some alien species come down and finally gives us help, we might then. But right now, no, not at all. We'd be screwed. I also do like the thought, and I'm curious about whether the ozone would actually follow us the way that they interpreted in the film, um, or whether we'd leave it behind. There's so much science to this. So much science nonsense that I would well, like that, to see. It's also kind of like the fact of when I said it's like, what would happen to the moon? It's like, because like the gravitational pull of our surroundings like really uh, makes a difference. I mean, at that point, the Earth is dead. Well, I so, think the Earth is Or not the Earth, fro- the sun is dead. I, I think everything is basically frozen anyways. Um, well, that's why they went underground, right? Yeah, everything's frozen anyway, so I don't think like the moon or the gravitational pull or like the absence of anything was making a, a significant difference but I think it should have because I think earthquakes are also affected by that as well probably so even like getting close to Jupiter which I'm assuming would affect gravity 
because we're literally being pulled towards a planet, even if I, the main point of getting close to Jupiter was to slingshot around it, so they wouldn't have to use the thrusters the entire time. That itself would also just destroy parts of the Earth. As my understanding of gravity, based when I was like in fourth grade. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's just, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It's like the Earth isn't like... So, I found, I found some fact-checking on the Wandering Earth. Oh, Lord. Yeah, and I'm actually, it's actually kind of, it answers some of the questions. Uh, no, it don't. No, well, it, it puts some of the questions in perspective anyway. Uh, so, in regards to the Earth engines, there are 10,000 Earth engines in the film propelling the planet through space to provide 10 kilometers per second of delta V to the mass of Earth rounded, 6 times 10 to the 24th kilograms over 17 years. Each of those engines would need to produce a continuous 2.5 times 10 to the 15th pounds of thrust. Um, that's a number wildly beyond realistic capabilities once you consider the real world F1 engine. Uh, the F1 engine used on Saturn V5. Uh, which NASA used from 67 to 73, is the most powerful single-nozzle liquid-fueled rocket engine ever developed, and that one uh, puts out 1.5 million pounds of thrust. Uh, so it's not inconceivable. According to the, In order for the rockets to be the right size, and according to what was written in the film, it they are... Uh, where is it? Ah, dang it, I lost it. There we go. 6,000 feet taller than Mount Everest. They would have to be 6,000 feet taller than Mount Everest. <laughs> Um, and essentially, according to this, let me see, it, it would it would take about ninety five percent of the mass of the Earth to be able to build them. And that's the thing, though. It's like even if you did have thrusters that powerful, you also have to take into consider you have to take in consideration that it's not moving, it's not pushing like an impenetrable object. Like it could easily just rush right through. You could build something that would just move right through uh, the planet. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, like you turn it on and it just starts burrowing itself through to the other side. Yeah, like it just immediately just flattened the Earth, literally. Gotcha. Yeah. I'd say based on just your description that you read, it would probably be cheaper and you'd probably have more um, resources left after finish, finish building a Death Star of some <laughs> sort. Well, didn't they, they did build one on that space station that they were... But it was only. Which I never really understood. Like the that's purpose no of the moon. space station. The space station, or the space, the space station, station, was the last resort. It was the. Um, the contingency plan that if all else failed, they gotcha. would still have DNA and samples to try to repopulate. Spoiler alert! They destroyed the space station. Um, yes. About the moon. <laughs> the article I found talks about what would have happened to the moon Excellent. in this scenario. In all of the films short of the wandering Earth, uh, the moon is nowhere in sight. Leave the moon behind. You can't just do that, Elliot said. The engineer explains that if you sped, if you if the speed of Earth moving through the solar system is accelerating, the moon is going to adjust its orbit as you move, and as it does that, it'll eventually go into an unstable orbit. Depending on how fast you're accelerating and how fast you're moving away, it would the moon would do one of two things: either fly away or run into Earth. Um, for as far as getting rid of the moon uh, affecting the tides, in the scenario of the film, they stopped the rotation of the Earth so it wouldn't affect any tides. And everything froze. Well, no, that's because, because of... Because they're away the, from the sun. That's they're away from the sun, they're moving through space, it's much colder. Which, if you remember, there's the scene where they're going out, it's negative 84 degrees. That's why everybody has to, like, duck and, like, prepare for the doors to open to be hit with a, you know, basic uh, freeze blast or whatever. Mm. So yeah, that's what um, 
they would have thought about the moon. Now, anybody curious on this? This is uh, an article over on inverse.com. This is by Emily Rome, and it was, how do you call it? It, it was an art, an interview that they did with one of uh, senior NASA engineers. I lost the name of the engineer. I can't find it. But, yeah, talking about the science behind Wondering Earth. Like I said, it's an interesting concept, and I love the, the thought of it. And yeah. to think about doing a great Earth migration like that would be awesome. The reality is, is that I, I don't, even, even in a scenario where the end of the world is at stake, I do not foresee all these countries working Granted, together. One thing that I want to throw in there is that I think it was obvious at the beginning of the movie that um, we didn't have the technology for it, and it actually took everybody on Earth to band together to either to share resources, to share resources yep. and information to be able to build that system. Four hundred years. For four hundred years, <laughs> they built the system. <laughs> Tropic Thunder is the only movie that is on the Earth at this point. <laughs> yeah, Tug Speedman is oh, yeah. the best actor ever. So, yeah, because the one thing that bugged me about it is that they're mining the planet. And, you know, as you're reading this, it's like 25, you know, 2,500 a year you're going to be doing this. And they're mining heavily. So it's like, how how is it even virtually possible for, what was it, 10,000 rockets there? Yeah. For that amount, the amount of Earth that we have could actually fuel for 2,500 years. That's the thing. They're going to run out of gas and nobody's going to be able to stop but the I, I, But, like I said, that was the point of, that was the point of, like, getting closer to the larger planets as well, is that they were going to, uh... Use their gravitational pull to slingshot themselves. Yeah, so they wouldn't have to use the resources. But they'd still, I mean, it'd still be a shitload because I think... Well, actually, at now that the he, end, didn't he said like there were seven hundred years that they were going? Yes, but now that he mentions the slingshotting around the planets, I think, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, I think that once they got past Jupiter, it was a straight shot. Mm-hmm. It's possible. So they would only really need to like readjust. So I'm thinking perhaps the reason it's taking that long is because they are going to essentially. Hit the thrusters, get a speed going, shut everything off. So that it's just... Well, I know at the end of it, they kind of give information about a little bit more that it was like 700 years where the thrusters were going to be going, and then at the 500 years, um, the last 500 years, they would actually turn it off or reverse it They were reversing like at that. one point for 600 years so they could slow down enough to, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, all, all in all, the concept is intriguing, but the thought about all of that and what we have on Earth to actually suffice, I don't think is possible. You don't want to know what I want to not watch? The Wondering Earth Part 2, and okay. um, they they make it, and somebody but miscalculates the- how they need to slow down, and they just go into the new side, and that's it. That's how it is. They, 2,700 years has passed by, and by year 1,000 with all the new generations, are like, why are these huge engines around the Earth? <laughs> everybody forgets <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's an ancient technology that everybody so, forgot how to use. There's actually an episode of Doctor Who like that. Wait, what? <laughs> Where they're, they're miners, and they're mining, and they're on like their 57th generation. And they're like, but you know, there's this like they're essentially warring factions, but they don't know why they're warring anymore. And they're technically clones of themselves, 
And so, like, 57th generation is really only, like, three weeks old. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. bonkers. Yeah. So, so I, it's like, because, I mean, you think part. about it, it's like, it's only been 2,000 years, and we don't even know where the fucking pipe, why the pyramids are there, or how they were built. You think after 2,700 years, that those kids are going to remember why the fuck those thrusters are there? You would think, because it's the entire survival. You would think, because survival. it makes sense to us. Yeah, but it well, he doesn't. said, but it doesn't. I mean, I could, <laughs> I could like see religion that happening. Is, yes. Like, religion no. is designed to be Stop. peace. Religion is designed to be peace on Earth, but all it's done is cause conflict. Yeah, well, I don't think religion works as a good example for this. It because does. Every, how? Everybody remembers it. Your point is that people won't remember. Everybody remembers it, but everyone lost uh, concept of the actual original design of it. Well, I mean, it's, I it's think kind, that, of, I, I kind think of like the dinosaurs. Dinosaurs we all know that it exists and stuff that. like that. But it'd be in this aspect right here, I could see them kind of forgetting, not necessarily what the purpose of, but like how to improve that technology or something like that. They, they just don't know how they can make it better or anything like that. I think like after that. a thousand years, people will start to build cities inside those thrusters. Me too. They're like, what are these here for? And then another 1,700 years later, there's going to be a movie about why are these thrusters magically turning on and trying to destroy our world? Actually, no, you're right. Like, when you think about it and all the steps that they were talking about, even with the speed down, Mm -hmm. there's several hundred years in between. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're going to have the engines on for X amount of time. They're going to shut them off for X amount of time. Then they're going to reverse them for X amount of time. You're right. What's going to happen during those in-between periods? Yep. What if they grab, they speed up, they shut them off because they still remember that they needed to be shut off, and that's it. That's all they do. That nobody, because they have to be off for 500 years, nobody remembers that, oh, shit, we got to turn it on on this day at this time in order for us to slow down enough to reach our destination. Because as far as we know, that's Mayan calendar 2012. And nobody knows why it's there, but we know it is. Yeah, no. There's a lot of layers. Is it yes or is it no? The answer is yes, yes, Ray. It's always yes, because she'll never say no because of the implication. (laughs) Oh, shit. Never mind. Is it always sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah. Okay. I was trying to find what the whole... I was trying to see if I can figure out the whole. It's like I'd be more interested in. I'd be more interested in a thousand year post uh, post start of the journey version of this movie to see where the civilizations are. Several a century, uh, no, ten centuries down the road. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be kind of curious. What was that, Lindsay? <laughs> Lindsay already knows because she watched Doctor Who. So the one thing that me and you were talking about early on in the podcast was the budget of this movie was fifty million. Really? Yeah. Yep. That's actually pretty high. Well, yeah. I guess because they don't really have the same. That's really high star. in China. They didn't really have a lot of star power behind it, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were thrusters. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, the sun was dying. And it was yeah. the Earth. And, and Earth is not a star. Box office, they made two hundred and fifty-four million. Really? Dang. Is that a Chinese box office? Yeah. I did read somewhere. Well, Netflix bought it, so some yeah. of it's that. Yeah. So some of it is that, but I did read somewhere that. Let's see if I can find that article again. 
but it was like they made 700 and 600 of it was from the Chinese mm. box office. So Chinese's Chinese's. <laughs> you wouldn't say Chinese's. Yep. Okay. Good. Yep. Seventy million gross Chinese box um, blockbuster. One of my favorite things to do is to get a group of friends together who knows little to nothing about science and debate what is uh, <laughs> <laughs> possible. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's my favorite thing in the entire world. Like I actually have a lot of fun doing that because we have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. No, we do not. No, we do not. It's like we can read as many articles and pop off kilometers and. Fucking whatever. <laughs> as much as we want, but we have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. It's like, what's that even mean? Oh my god. So I'm still reading that science fact article. <laughs> because I'm very interested. And you're like, what's that word mean? But here's the... No, no, no. Here's the part that kind of like... I'm like, dude, this earth is not going to last until they fucking make it. Um, the way they show the engines, I guess they don't tell you a lot, but the implication is that they're basically using dirt and propelling <laughs> that out of the engine. So it's kind of like... I'm just imagining just like shooting dirt into a shotgun and just shooting the dirt out. And it's just like you're literally tossing out earth as you're moving. Yeah, and as he's doing that, he looks like he's jerking off. <laughs> oh, God. They're never going to... Yeah, that, that well, theory. I mean, and if, and if that is the truth case of it, the, the projective or the projection that they've had where it's 700 years on, 500 years off, how accurate is that? Wait, if our lower Earth is getting lighter and lighter, they probably on. put that in the calculations. You would think, but then we, then again, we also have scientists that slammed the Mars rover into Mars because somebody measured incorrectly between feet and centimeters. So <laughs> they landed a rover on Mars, motherfucker. I know, but my point is, is that slammed, mistakes can landed. still happen. Yes. So again, I go back to I want to watch again, Wandering you said Earth. Tomato, I say potato. I want to watch Wandering Earth two, and I want to watch the planet collide into another planet. Well, oh, man. Wandering Earth forty seven hundred. It <laughs> just skips straight to like. If you want to see some giant thing collide into some giant thing, let's I'm not watching porn. Let's take our dicks out. I mean, you will. You will. Regardless of at some point in your life, regardless of what I'm about to say, anyway. So. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, melancholia. Huh? It's a super artsy, weird, depressing movie about an asteroid that's going to hit Earth, and there's no chance of anybody surviving. Did have you seen that movie? Seeking, I think it's like Seeking a Friend for the End of the World or something like that. I know that. of it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I think it has Keira Knightley in it and, no, it's uh, and Steve Carell. And Steve Carell. Yeah. It's super depressing. It's literally about the end of the uh, Earth. I think uh, I think it's like another one of those things where like an asteroid's going to hit Earth, yep. and there's nothing that they could do about it. So people are literally just living their best days yeah. till the end of the world. And the movie's called Seeking a Friend for the End of the Earth, where Steve. Oh Cole my God, that movie is beautiful. <laughs> what the fuck? Sorry, I was into this article and it just clicked. The way he was talking about uh, finding a friend for the that end of the Earth. That is so disrespectful. Such a good movie. <laughs> it is. There was, a, there was a really good show, too, called um, You, Me, and the Apocalypse. Nice. It was only it was like ten episodes, and that's all you get. But it was like a, a cross-continent advent, adventure kind of thing. But it was one of those ones where like everybody's connected in a weird way. And they were trying to get to a bunker to survive, but they had to like 
one guy had like a legit evil twin. Like okay. his brother was an evil douchebag, but not like a not name. Now wahaha, but like a. But yeah, no, he's just dead. For the end of the word, that should get grow my mustache out and get like go. a little twirl going on. Mm-hmm. Get a little top hat and a monocle and a cape. Fuck the cape. But it had like Jenna Fisher and Megan Mullally and Rob Lowe and. I uh, love Lisa Rob Lowe. A British actor. He played a priest. Like a <laughs> priest who was trying to figure out if he uh, should. Uh, I've heard of that. Forsake his vows because the world was ending. And trying to figure out if the miracles that they were experiencing were actual miracles. Or like, coincidence. Or coincidence, and then he had like a really hot assistant, and he was trying really hard not to fall in love with her. Was, I mean, for ten episodes, it, it covered a lot of ground. What's what's that on? I actually I am very interested um, in watching that. It was a while ago, so I, I'm not, imagining I'm not Hulu, maybe. That oh, Hulu. Probably Hulu. I know that's where I watched it, but I don't know if it's still there. Hey Ray, fact check, please. Um, <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> That's our fact-checking department. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the show? You, Me, and the Apocalypse. It's probably oh, yeah, you, it was comma, you, me, you. comma. <laughs> is it hard for, is You, me. You, me. You, comma, me, comma, and the Apocalypse. Okay. <laughs> you, comma, me, comma. <laughs> I, I like a good Apocalypse movie or a good Apocalypse show. Well, this wasn't, I mean... Yeah, it is. This, this was a pretty good one. I mean, it was a lot of it un- unrealistic, more so because some of the scientific part yeah. of it just just stumped me. I'm like, how how can you use Earth to project Earth and stuff like that? How can you not find that adorable? He's blind as shit. And yeah. he's feeling his way down to the floor by making sure that your foot is there to keep him safe. Come on, Billy. How do you not think that's adorable? What's that? That dog's name's Chewy, right? <laughs> yes. So you named the white dog Chewy, but you didn't name the dog that looked like Chewbacca Chewy, and that still blows my goddamn mind. Who's Kylo? It's okay. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. He's the cutest. You are. He's got. But he's furry like Chewbacca. Oh, he's got the curls and everything. They both are. Kylo. You were fine. I'm sorry, guys. That was Kylo's really, really cute. How he just sat there and like felt around, made sure Billy's foot was there to keep him safe, and then laid down. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's go ahead and go to ratings. Um, Chris, I give this film two siblings I wish would have died in an accident. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. All right, Lindsay. But the concept of the film. Two out of what? Two out of two? Um, I'm going to go with... Two out of... Two out of 2,700 years. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give it two out of five... uh, Weird cosmonauts on the space station. (laughs) Oh my god, he was my favorite. (laughs) He probably had... Was the most... He was the one that I liked the most. Mm-hmm. Because he was kind of comic relief at some point. Yep. Yep. All right, Billy, you're next. Ray. I'm last. I'm last. Ray. Ray. Earth to Ray. Hey, Ray. Bueller. Bueller. Two Bueller. out of five wandering Earth. <laughs> <God damn>. <laughs> <laughs> you thought about that one really hard. 
<laughs> I can see the steam coming out of the side of your ears. I can hear the gears. All right, Billy, what about you? Sorry, uh, I was just so- seeing something. I mean, our last podcast was about Tropic Thunder, and there's a link that just populated on Google. Talk about why Susan Levin, or Levin, is known as the miracle that saved Robert Downey Jr., mm-hmm. which is his wife. So, Billy, ready? Um, three out of five. What? Three out of five. Poorly developed son and father plots. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. The guy was just being salty to be salty at that point. I mean, yeah. his father had a mission. Granted, yeah. his father did kill the mother, which... Well, a, he didn't. Well, I mean, He I did. His decision yeah. did. But she was not going to live regardless. Yep. She was probably going to die. His, gra- his uncle was going to live. It's either dying peace... Yeah. ...or being sick, unable to move, die, probably drowning. Because that's how most of the people died. And leaving well, their children. Um, CC, um, keep in mind yourself in that situation. I will remember that. <laughs> she already said she'd leave me behind to try the Hail Mary, so. To be fair, she's not losing much. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Find I'm you a man that can do. eat corn. Find you a man that can eat corn. I'm going to do three out of five indestructible <laughs> bubbles. <laughs> Corn is easily the most sustainable resource that we can eat. (laughs) And this man can't eat it. Well, corn is easy to grow. It's filling. Gives you nutrients. I'm aware. It's one of my favorite foods, Billy. No need to put salt in the wound. (laughs) You can just do corn. Putting corn in that food. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say. I was waiting for it. That's why I just kept looking at it. I'm like, all right, go ahead. I know, it's just funny to me that you... Die eating a vegetable. Don't die eating a vegetable. What the fuck? He has the same reaction you do to milk. Oh, that's it. They just shit a lot. I mean, corn's already coming it's out really anyways. It's really unpleasant. You yes. know it's really unpleasant. Yeah. Some people can't. Ha- some people can't handle it, Billy. I enjoy it. There you go. It's and like a cleanse. Now we know more about Billy. So I think we knew that about Billy already. We should just give him a bunch of ice cream, <laughs> a lot of lactose shit. Yeah, no, do it. It's great. All right, thank you for joining us. Well, that's the case, case, no, hold on, i got to give a PSA to our listeners. Oh, PSA. If you are lactose intolerant, lactate makes cottage cheese and ice cream. So mm-hmm. if you're into those things and you just miss them like nobody's business. It's true. I've had it and I like it's it. It's fucking delicious. Yeah, it's really good. You um, can also make ice cream yourself with the lactate. No, it's actually very good. Holy shit. shit. And it requires a lot less sugar than you would with regular Can milk. you grow corn with lactate? I don't believe that you can. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> That's yes. weird. <laughs> Chris, you should spearhead this. <laughs> All right, thank you for joining us here at HLC and our review of The Wondering Earth. Um, Chris can no longer say slob on my knob like corn on the cob. <laughs> Join us. Considering please. I'm not the one doing it, I can totally say it because I won't be having the reaction. Oh, so. oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're on podcast places everywhere. Please, please like us. We we, we want to continue doing this for some particular reason. Um, we love you guys. Come back. Um, thanks to our... <laughs> Thank you guys. Thanks to the people that are here. Good lord, Chris. Bye. the cop. Lindsay. Yep. Billy. Me last. Me last. Ray. Me last. 
And I am Cece. I'm your host. Catch you guys later. Bye, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Corn in the cop.